like scary stories, if you like tasty beers, open up your mouth holes and open up your ears for... so hot i had the game turned up too loud on the audio interface and everything was very loud this is a you hot made yourself so hot it's mm-hmm. i mean i'm not complaining about it i mean yeah i'm baby. in control of my hotness yeah you and are my hotness was the appropriate amount of you're hotness. an appropriate I had level inappropriate of hot. hotness which is- i couldn't <laughs> you- contain it no nope. you were inappropriately hot, hot yeah at the beginning of this that sounds like me i mean i'm sitting over here and i'm just like how can i control myself for the show God, thank goodness you had bob there to turn down your hotness to turn on yep. his hotness no, my turn hotness my own. was fine yep i was the appropriate level of bob, hot too similar hot. Mr. Quinn was a little too hot. Oh, you know what? I don't agree with that narrative. Oh, feels like fake news. Whatever you need to do <laughs> to make yourself feel better about the world you live in. There's a lot going on out there. It's very difficult for some people to deal with. My hotness being primary among them right now. Yeah. yeah. Out of all the troubles our world is facing right now. Bob's hotness. Your hotness. Yeah. Yes. Number one. I, it does come in at number one. Let's, you know, a yeah. little respect here. For Bob. No. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good not. wife, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that noted. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Speaking of, of hot, um, the there's a story that I read at a... Uh, shocking, you'll learn that it's a Florida man. Oh, Florida man. Florida man story. Um, walked into a true value hardware store in his okay. in his little town. Walked in with a crutch. Turns nice. out that was all just a ruse. He set the crutch down and then took out some power tools. And he um, took off the security camera of a hunting bow and decided, well, how is he going to get... He's like, I'm going to steal this hunting bow. How am Wait, I going to... He took off the... Se- oh, like a tag. Like it had a yeah, security tag? Yeah, like the tag? security tag on it. So like, he, a, like, like a beep boop out the door tag? Yeah, beep boop out the door. So that was, you know... So they're like, oh, he comes in with a limp and a crutch. Like, he must be fine. He goes in, he steals the hunting bow, and it's like, well, how are you going to get it out of the store? In true Florida man fashion. Down he, his pants. Yeah, up his butt. Shoved it down his pants. Oh, I thought it was going straight in the, straight no, in the poop No, no. There's security camera footage of him struggling. <laughs> of him struggling to, to put this, power tools up his ass. <laughs> to put this hunting bow down his pants. Oh. The best part of the story is um, he did get away with it at first. He did just walk out the store. No one noticed the oh. weird man with the at- giant crotch. Well, I bet because he was using like a mobility device. So I bet he was like not bending that leg because it's a right. bow. Right. And he was just like, oh, yeah, that's my disability. Right. Exactly. I I, I am bow legged. Whoa. Whoa. Get out. Oh, Get no, out. <laughs> how did the news story not called bow legged Matt? How how that I'm lost. not the only one who came up with that. Just I, tremendous. It's look, you know, it's a sky news failure, because that's where I yeah. found the story from. I had to go to sky. England to find a story about Yeah, m- maybe maybe it's a it's a different term over in England. Oh, he's got crumbly leg or whatever. Wobbly Some, leg. 
He's got a knee crumpet. <laughs> knee crumpet. <laughs> Wait, so they just had security footage and they like put it on the news like, have you seen this man? Yeah, and then they eventually found him a few days later in a parking lot. And they were like, all right. What was he doing? Probably other crimes. <laughs> probably crime. His- parking lot crimes. Other parking lot crimes. <laughs> he was stealing other things with the aid of his newly acquired bow. Yeah. Could no arrows, though. No arrows. It's fucked up there. He just uses it as hey, a baseball bat. next crime. Oh, was to steal the arrows, but they give didn't me, have yeah. any at True Value. Give me everything you got in your glove box or, I'm, or I'll put an arrow in this. Oh, I'll, I will find an arrow. I will, I will <laughs> steal an arrow from a local sporting <laughs> goods put store. It through your nose. Oh, wait. I will hold you up Katniss Everdeen style. Mm-hmm. With no bow, though. Yeah. I no do. arrows. Oh, that's what I meant arrows because yeah. i feel like a bow could still be used a web you could do a bonk you, you could can do bonk. a pretty aggressive bonk well you could do a stab with just an arrow that's true as well yeah. that's true as well these are two individual weapons when put together super deadly yeah hurt quite a bit yeah in fact are known for killing things purposely yeah. made to kill yeah well, and I'm also for playing violins <laughs> I'm glad that justice prevailed and they found this Flo Rida man. Yes. Who shouldn't yeah. be doing a steal. No, you shouldn't steal kids. You shouldn't steal, especially bows without the arrows. How was he able to remove the security? You know what? Never mind. You don't want to put that on the just internet. Think I'm of the sure you Florida ingenuity it. with through the power of Florida ingenuity. He got the security tag off. Meth and Gatorade to take it off. What yeah. is Florida ingenuity? Meth and Gatorade. Yeah. You have superhuman strength when you like do meth. When in and an chug Gatorade, so hydrated, so hydrated. You can just work on that for hours as you're pulling it apart. It just seems what? like this is the kind of guy. Like if he hadn't been attempting to feign injury, he could have just rode his riding lawnmower in or something. And then just like a smash and grab kind of situation? No, just ride it in. <laughs> you know? Just gra- for funsies. Grab the bow and ride it on out. No one would notice that. fast. Yeah, I mean, look, it's Florida. How many people would actually notice a riding lawnmower just coming in through the uh, store? Not many. Probably I think, not many. I think people would notice it. I don't think it would look out of place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, like we noticed just him, Steve. but we just didn't give a shit. <laughs> well, that's just lawnmower Steve. He's coming. He must be drinking again. Yeah, lawnmower seems back off the wagon and on the lawnmower. Oh, uh, we should probably take a picture of this with our flip phone. Oh my god! As soon as I get my dial-up internet on my old Nokia, as I load up my minutes on my phone, <laughs> I was just about to beat my snake high score. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of snake high scores. Hi. Hi! Welcome to the Booze and Bruce podcast. We are the podcast where we tell each other ghost stories. We drink thematically appropriate beer. And this week I remembered that that was my part and I did it right. You did it right! Did Very it right. proud I, of you. I did it good. You guys were back on it. We're, we are back on the wagon. We are back on the riding lawnmower. That's right. And there's no stopping us. None. None. And so... Just high on meth and electrolytes and we're coming for you. Yeah. And we figured if we are feeling this good today, what what possibly could we tell you about? What, what could we tell you about? stories we could regale you with? Well, let me tell you. So our beer this week is uh, the final in our 
variety pack from Lift Bridge Brewing Company. Oh my, it's the final variety. And it's uh, called Hop Dish IPA. And for those of you who are not from the great state of Minnesota, you don't know really what hot dish is. But hot dish, it's a play on words, you see. Is, just is a, it just a casserole? Casserole, yeah. With like tater tots on top. It's a tater tot is casserole. Is that all it is? Is hot dish less. like a thing? Mm-hmm. Or is it just any kind of casserole? It could be it, a tuna hot dish, could be a chicken hot dish, could be a sure. mac and cheese hot dish. Are these all appropriate? I feel like it's mostly like, um, you know, throw tater tots on it on top and you have a hot dish. Got it. Some sort of condensed soup in a can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cream of mushroom soup, some sort of ground beef, vegetables. It's almost, and then tater tots on top. Hot like dish. buy a filet mignon, like go to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, buy his finest steak yep with with some sort of pan reduced sauce put tater tots Ooh, on pan it hot reduced dish, sauce. Hot dish. All, all, all i gotta do is sprinkle tater tots on top hot dish hot dish instant instant hot dish so anyway so that's it the tater tot is the is the specifically required ingredient for hot dish uh i think so yeah i mean every hot dish i've ever seen has had uh tater tots on top and some sort of cream of mushroomy based soup mixture underneath so it's basically like white trash shepherd's pie kinda yes yes i don't know that it's white trash shepherd's pie i think it's like midwestern mom shepherd's pie okay okay i can rebrand i can pivot on that branding okay yeah Oh gosh! Now Are I'm, you googling what hot dish? Now is I'm right looking now? at all the best casserole and hot dish recipes. Yeah, so it's just like it's just another word for casserole. Yeah. Oh, Tex-Mex tater tot casserole. Ooh, sorry. Mm. Anyway, I've returned. That so, sounds like it's got so much sodium. All the sodium. So your fingers will be so puffy for days. Oh my god, you're gonna be like, why do I feel like I, you know. I'm now round. It's because you are. So anyway, this First is First, you're not going to poop for two days. Then you're going to continuously poop for two days. <laughs> so yes, I have a hop dish plan, hot dish IPA. Uh, so we thought, hey, man, you know what we haven't done in a minute? Haunted Minnesota. Haunted Minnesota. Not Haunted Mansions. Not Haunted Mansions. Like like Vanessa thought. No. Haunted. Okay. We both understood the assignment. We did. We absolutely did. So yeah, haunted Minnesota. So I'm going to tell you about the Glen Sheen Mansion for my story of haunted Gl- Minnesota. Glen Sheen. Is that Glen Sheen? Is that Glen Sheen? It's two not words like or? Charlie Sheen. No, no, it's one okay. word. Yeah. Glen Sheen. So it's not Tiger Blood Mansion. No, it's not. It's Tiger Glen Blood. Estefez. <laughs> <laughs> Glen Estevez Mansion. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, Charlie Sheen Mansion uh, is a 20,000 square foot, 39 room mansion um, located in Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, where's that? That north. is north of here. It is along Lake Superior. So oh. it is toward the tippy top of the state. Way up north. Okay. Oh, yes. Um, the house was built by Chester and Clara Congdon. Uh, between 1905 and 1908 and sits on 12 acres of land. It's very pretty. Okay. Um, Chester Ad- Adgate Congdon. That's a name. Wow. Yeah. Adgate Condom? Kung yeah. Dunn. No. Nope. But Condom. It, it's a, it, they're, condom. Free, they're free condoms that you can get at the local pharmacy, but they have like ads for shit on them. Yeah. Yeah. Ads for a gating company. Yeah. <laughs> get out. 
Yeah, a gating <laughs> company. Ad gate yeah. company. So Mr. Condom uh, was a lawyer born in Rochester, New York on June 12th, 1853. Uh, after completing his legal education, he packed up and moved to the great city of St. Paul, St. Paul. Oh, so he came down the road. Yeah, he, he just, I said Rochester, New York. Yeah, yes. Uh, I didn't say Rochester, Minnesota, because that is also a city in the state. And I just need to make sure I remember. Oh, that. I blocked New York right out of my oh, fucking okay. brain. He didn't. He, he moved west. Okay. To the okay. Midwest. Now he's in Minnesota. Now he's in Minnesota. We're all caught up. Bustling metropolis of St. Paul where he opens up shop um, in 1879. Two years later, on September 29th, 1881, Chester married Clara Hesperia, which is definitely not a porno star name, um, who was the daughter of a San Francisco clergyman. Wow. Oh. Yes. The couple had seven children, um, Walter, Edward, Marjorie, Helen, John, Robert, and Elizabeth. Elizabeth is the important one to our story. Okay, okay this is the one to pay attention to. Such classic American names. Man. They really are. They really, really are. Like Eight- if you were going to guess children's names from the fifties, uh, this is in the eighteen hundreds. These are like late eighteen hundreds names. Yeah, but yeah. Walter. That's what I. Yeah, Edward. All yeah. great. All great American names. These are super great American uh, American names. So in 1892, Chester packed up the family and moved north to Duluth, where he opened the law firm Bilson and Congdon Condom. Okay. Uh, recognizing the that's iron- the one where they give you free condoms at the end of your uh, legal visit, but yes. they has it has the bill on them, so you know how much money you owe somebody when you're banging a hot girl. Mm-hmm-hmm. That's right. Be like, oh, this that legal bill was uh, 135 dollars. This was expensive. Oh no, this is it, an expensive bone. My. My debts are making my erection not as good. I shouldn't or have better. looked at that. Uh, or or better. better. Knowing I that can't, I can't finish unless I'm in debt. <laughs> the poorer and I am, the harder my erection. I get off on high interest rates. Find me a man that hasn't said that. <laughs> okay. okay. Um. Hey, next door neighbor. Have you ever said that? No. Found one. Uh, in 1892 he moved so recognizing the iron and copper rich land he uh, as all rich white men did at the time diversified Mm -hmm. and got into many other businesses so he established I'm a businessman I do business yes various commercial financial and industrial businesses in the city he really sort of spread his seed if you will all over the city my condom business Yes, he has a delightful business. He also provided legal services to the Oliver Mining Company. And during this time, uh, John D. Rockefeller and Andrew Carnegie were fighting to establish a presence in Duluth because of the rich iron copper sort of field um, in there. Okay. So they both were fighting for dominance. They Those were, motherfuckers was trying to astral project. They really were. Because um, of the copper. Do. Because of the copper. Just cop. throwing, just flicking pennies at each other. Yes, I want Duluth. No, I want Duluth. Flick penny. Flick penny. Bing. Or you play that Knuckles game where you like whip coins at your knuckles. Did you ever play that in high school? No, oh, that sure. sounds awful. You never oh. played Bloody Knuckles? Oh, no, man. man. Oh, what a. That, you, must be a, that must be a Midwestern thing. Yeah, yeah, we played the shit out of that. Yeah, we did. You throw pennies at no, no, each no, no. other's Here, okay. quarters. Here we go. Here's here's how you play, ladies and gentlemen. You get a coin. The Usually bigger, a quarter. the better. Yeah. If you want to get a silver dollar, that's playing on expert Whoa. mode. Okay. Yeah. Then what you do is you put your finger on top of that thing and then you flick it so that it starts spinning on the table. Yes. Okay. And then you go back and forth flicking the coin back and forth to each other, hoping to not knock it over. The person who knocks it over receives the punishment. Yep. And you take your thumb 
press it down on that coin, coin and flick it across the table as hard as you possibly can to your friend who is mash their knuckles into the table yep. and you destroy their knuckles. Yep. I you never I played think this. you explained that very well. I still have absolutely no idea how to play this game. You're flicking a coin? Doesn't that hurt your finger? Uh, no, because all you're, you know, you're, you're just like, you know, you're flicking it, with it the, and you're keeping it spinning. So it's already spinning on the table. You flick it. Yeah. So it's just a light flick to make sure it doesn't fall. So that part doesn't hurt. It's when you knock it over. That yeah. The it's pain when you comes. knock it over and then you have to have it thrown viciously into your knuckles into your that it actually injures you. Yeah. Never played this game? No. Man, well, you missed out. I, it really must be a Midwestern thing. Yeah, man. Everybody at my school played the hell out of this. me as a child, apparently. I mean, my friends liked uh, uh, me and I think and Engineer Bob, I'm sure the same. <laughs> Whatever. Nope. We just liked inflicting pain on ourselves. Yes. I don't know. Hey, listeners, am I crazy that I don't know this game? I've literally never heard of this game before. <sighs> yeah. Have Let us know. Booze Booze Podcast at gmail.com. Have you ever played it? If, if so, where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. We'll do like, a sort of, we'll do a poll. Maybe it is a Midwestern thing. Like, if, if I this, obviously did not grow up in the Midwest. Yeah. I did not know of this game. Maybe. Engineer Bob's going to look. So anyway, back to my story. Um, They were, so Andrew Carnegie and Rockefeller were fighting to establish a presence in Duluth. Um, Chester convinced his bosses with the Oliver Mining Company to side with Carnegie. And eventually the Oliver Mining Company consolidated into U.S. Steel, which is was the largest uh, steel company in the United States at that time. Which okay. and that transaction made Chester and his bosses very very wealthy. Oh, now they buy all the condoms they want. Now it's just condoms raining from the sky. Got just it. Dropping just airplanes. Their condoms at friends. That's right. At their knuckles specifically. Uh, so there are a number. Uh, Wikipedia has a whole article on it, mm. and it turns out that this is considered a variation. Oh. Um. Oh. But it doesn't say necessarily where it's from. Okay. So again, still, let us know where you're from if you have played Bloody Knuckles. And it has or been edited up, uh, up to uh, as recently as a month ago. Oh, good. People care yeah. about Bloody People Knuckles. People care. Oh, it was edited by the 28th Duck. Oh. <laughs> 28th Duck had some, uh, nice, had some feelings nice, on that. Nice. So naturally, you know, coming into all of the wealth that Mr. Chester Condom did, he commissioned a sprawling mansion in the woods around Lake Superior. Nice uh, for him. Yes. Construction began in 1905 and the house is situated next to, it's in a very quiet part of the city. Uh, it's next to a cemetery. So there's... Nice. Very quiet neighbors, as Clara wrote in a letter to her friend. I will have very quiet neighbors. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, you will. Um, and is also between a creek, a brook, and Lake Superior. So it's... Water a creek, on, a brook, and a creek brook. Yes. Water <laughs> on all sides. Foresty. Very, very cute. Uh, the estate uh, was built to be self-sufficient. So it has a large vegetable garden, a greenhouse, a barn, um, and a reservoir. So all of the water that the house uses comes from the creek. So it's so all Mr. taken from the creek and put into the 60,000 foot or gallon reservoir that like contains basically the house. So he was basically like a 1905 doomsday prepper. I was yeah. thinking the yeah. same fucking thing. <laughs> kind of. He's like, my house, I can just live how I am. Yeah. Nothing yeah. has to change should the world and all of its infrastructure come to an end. My yeah. house is my infrastructure. I bet when World War One broke out, he was like, fucking told you so. He was dead fucking by World War. Fucking told you so. 
Oh, he was dead by World War One. When was, the War moved, of eighteen twelve broke out, there it is. he had it on. He was like, lock. "Fucking told you so." <laughs> War of eighteen twelve broke out seventy five years previously. Yeah, the American Indian War. When was that? When when the <laughs> Civil War broke out. I'm sure there was a war. There had to have been. The French, the French American War, the Canadian, who cares? The French Canadian War, the Canadian French War, the Dutch Indochina War, Dutch Cocoa Powder War, Dutch Cocoa Powder War, one of my favorite wars. That was the most delicious war. Yep, yep, yep. Very, a very hearty war. Yep. Everybody needed a glass of milk at the end of that one. The Conquista War. Get out. Conquista War. So stupid. (laughs) Every war now has to be called the Conquista War. Oh, my God. Oh, God. So anyway, all utilities um, were run underground so as to not muck up the very nice uh, trees. So they didn't have to tear down any, like, a ton of trees and stuff like that to get all the utilities the wires the things okay. like that everything was run underground this seems very smart it it, it was built yeah. very well and it's also built very sturdily like the wood was it's like 16 layers of something so it's like all of the original wood like this house was not fucked with like it's the house you see Got now it. is the house that was built this house kind of had cool. thick wood thick <laughs> like C's. that's where the three little pigs should have run to there's yeah. no way the wolf was getting in that fucking house no no not way he no. gonna huff and puff all fucking day. Yeah, he's just gonna make himself pass out from lack of oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'll fall in a brook and he'll drown. Problem yep. solved. Then we'll eat him because we're a sustainable property. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the circle of life. That's that's the variation of the three little pigs. That was the, primarily their yeah. protein source. Was wolves passing out and drowning passing out after and trying to knock their house down yeah. yeah not eating the pigs no 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 yeah the, the, no, the early draft the of course called the pigs of the condom estate yeah yes yeah. the pigs were bait they couldn't get rid of the pig they needed they bait pigs yes ba- bait pigs <laughs> oh god um now i'm imagining a big fat pig on the end of a fishing line <laughs> just um do, it's awful to say they do that in florida oh for gators Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, that makes sense. No, that's gross. No, thank you. Anyway, the house was completed in 1908. Hey, if you want some more pig humor, uh, Google piggy poop balls. <laughs> no, don't Google piggy poop balls. That's awful. I'm not Googling that. Don't do it. You absolutely don't need to absolutely Google it. It's do. the funniest picture that's ever been taken. Well, do now it. she's going to do, do it. Keep telling your story. All right. So the house was completed in 1908. Uh, and cost eight hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars, or the or twenty-two million in today's money, uh, to complete it. Uh, Chester died in nineteen sixteen, and Clara. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? To say it's one of. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Now it's in your head forever. You can't unsee that. It's one of Engineer Bob's favorite pictures. Yep. <laughs> Uh, it's yes. sublime art is what this website says no <laughs> it is not sublime anything Great. now now engineer no, bob's gonna look, it, look it, up. it up yeah i mean i you can't unsee it no I, it's exactly it's very well named yeah yes pig piggy poopy balls <laughs> he looked at it again he's now he's so he tickles himself so so just, I had to. I had to do 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're so off track. I'm so sorry, podcast mom. You podcast mom us back on track. So Chester died in 1916 and Clara in 1950. Um, the condom's youngest daughter, Elizabeth, we're back. We're back to the... Uh, we, we got oh, back. she was the important one. <laughs> to the important we one. somehow got back to the story. She, yeah. uh, she never married. Um, and she so was... Uh, Had a pet pig with the biggest balls. Yeah, the biggest balls you've ever seen. So much so that the shit just kind of gets... Don't let them see it for themselves. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so she was given a life estate when her mom died that allowed her to live in the mansion essentially for free uh, until her death. Uh, in 1968, Elizabeth promised the house to the University of Minnesota upon her death, which came in 1977. The school opened the house as a museum in 1979 and kept all of the original furnishings. So if you go visit to this day and you like are wandering through and you go into one of the bedrooms and you see a hat, that is Chester's hat. You know, you open up oh, the drawers cool. to the like. Those uh, are his skid marked underpants. Th- those are that's his shit stain. On those undies. Yeah. The letters in the drawers in the office, those are his. Like, everything was basically left how it was. Um, That's which so is cool pretty from cool. like the late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah. And, and Elizabeth, while she was living there, you know, really didn't make much changes herself. The only thing she did was uh, she had like the nicer things in her room. Like, she's, she slept in the same room until maybe the last couple of years of her life when she moved to her sister's bedroom. Because there was a little more room. But like... She still slept in the same room she slept in as a child. So it's like. I can see like not wanting to move into your parents' room. That would be weird. Would be but weird. I would move into an older sibling's room if they had a better room. Yeah. If it's bigger, if it's better and less stuff yeah. in it, you know, I would totally do it. Mom and dad boned on this bed. Yeah, I don't want to do Gross. that. Gross. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I would want that. Um, unfortunately, though, for Elizabeth, while her death did come at the age of 83, her cause of death was anything but natural. For you oh, see. No. Elizabeth and her nurse, Velma Patilla, were murdered. 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 Um, In the early morning hours of June 27th, 1977, the bodies of Elizabeth Condom and Velma Patilla were found. Uh, Elizabeth was found in her room, suffocated by a satin pillowcase um, or a satin pillow from her bed. It was found over her face. Mm -mm. Um, Doctors confirmed that she did not die of suffocation. She died rather of a heart attack, which they think was triggered by the fact that there was a pillow being pressed over her face got it she died of being mad about being suffocated yeah she was yeah. real scared of like fuck i'm fight or flight ah, I'm like, this, this sucks yeah i'm old right why did you put this pillow on me now i'm dead probably faster dead. yeah yeah uh velma's maybe, body maybe she she had like too many pillows on her bed and then like she woke up and then there was a pillow on her face oh. she got confused and then died no we don't know it was murder no, we, I think we've jumped to based conclusions. Based on what here. happened to poor Velma, we're pretty sure. Oh, all right, well, I'll let you finish your story, and then um, I will come in and rejudge this case. Okay. I'll relitigate okay. it. Okay, uh, we're gonna love it. Velma's body was found on the staircase outside Elizabeth's room, and she had been beaten to death with a candlestick. Objection! Hearsay. Oh, that's way worse. That's yeah, that's way worse than than that. So they figure um, somebody was in the act of murdering um, Elizabeth. Velma heard what was going on. They grabbed a candlestick from the hallway where she was, crime of opportunity, and beat her to death. Allow me to cross-examine, Your Honor. Isn't it true that Velma loved candlesticks and she would never be allowed to be beaten by one? Hmm? (laughs) She would never be allowed to be beaten by one? I see you have no answer. I rest my case, Your Honor. Continue. Um, I wonder if 
Elizabeth, because she died from a heart attack while being suffocated. Mm -hmm. I wonder if she hadn't died of a heart attack if she wouldn't have died. Like, oh, maybe they didn't suffocate her enough because Velma interrupted. Oh, maybe. But then I guess he would have just turned around and finished the murder, I guess. Yeah, probably. I mean, you don't want witnesses. I don't know, but I feel like after you've half you've half suffocated someone, beaten someone to death, and then to go back and do another suffocate, I mean, you'd be so tired. You would be pretty tired. So I'm pretty you'd sure. You'd be so tight tie. You'd be CP tie tie. It's a lot of work, probably. I don't know. You're I've never a suffocated upper anybody. Body, you know. Have they been working out? Did they do uh, chest presses that day? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what if he pulled a lat, you know? <sighs> Could you complete the job? Why was a satin pillow not a weapon and clue? Because the, the candlestick was. Yeah, it was. Because, um, you know. Because the pillow didn't actually murder her. Her heart murdered her. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep, yep. That's that's why. Curl mustard, baby. Um, the morning nurse, Mrs. Uh, Garvo, realized something may be wrong when on her way to Miss Condom's room to deliver her insulin shot the next morning. She so found a dead body She found a dead floor. person. Yeah. <laughs> she saw... This is great. So I I found a bunch of newspaper articles about this murder. And um, the one like immediately following the like, hey, she was found murdered, blah, blah, blah. So they Yo, interviewed her. Dead. So she goes, she found... Uh, she saw Velma's legs and dress on the stairway landing. Quote, I thought to myself... Velma is resting, but then realized that Velma was strange. That was strange. Place Not on the stairway. And Velma <laughs> isn't the resting kind. She's not. Like, what? You thought bitch just like got CB tie tie and took a nap on the staircase? Stair and then remembered. Stair and then remembered that Velma has never slept. Never. She's not the resting kind. Yeah. She's a vampire. That's why she's no the vampires nurse. rest in coffins during the daytime. Well, no, because she's oh, that's she true. she sleeps not. She sleeps not. She's this a robot. beast from the deep. She's a robot. Um, oh, please. there we go. Yeah. She she was the she was the original nanny bot five thousand. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a small wonder. Yes. So she's the only one. slightly larger because she's an adult woman. <laughs> So, and less wondrous because she died. Yes. Yes. So Mrs. Garvo completely... She's a regular dead woman. Ignored. <laughs> not as compelling of a television show. She's yeah. an average sized dead woman. It's not, it's not as catchy a title. It's not. Wouldn't watch that show. Not fun. Regular coming CBS this fall. Regular sized dead woman. I'm not, I'm not watching that show. No. Uh, so anyway, Mrs. Garvo goes upstairs. She discovers Velma's body, ignores the the pool of blood, and just goes, "Oh, she must have had a heart attack." Oh no! If she if she's like not doing well, how is Miss Miss Condom? So she goes in, finds the pillowcase, like pillow over Elizabeth's face, and goes, "Oh no, maybe maybe this wasn't natural." And then goes out to find all of the blood from this <laughs> poor woman Velma. being beaten. Maybe Velma slipped, suffocated their boss, felt bad about it, beat herself to death. <laughs> beat herself to death. Whap, whap. Yeah. Started to beat herself to death. Just got tired halfway through. Lay down on the stairs. Lay down, and she, but yeah. she was not one to, to rest. So she, she was completed the, the job. Kind. That's why that story doesn't work. Yeah. I rest my case, Your Honor. Anyway. So, yeah. Unlike this Mrs. Velma. This, this Mrs. Garvo nurse, not a great nurse. How do you ignore all of the blood splatter? I mean, who knows what she but you actually know what? This said. This was the 70s. So. Who knows what she actually thought? I'm sure she walked in and was like, hot shit, this bitch is dead. But you can't say that in the newspaper. You want to get a job as a morning nurse. I yeah. suppose. Yeah, she probably self-edited. 
fine. I'll give it to her. Um, anyway, so police soon focused on one of Elizabeth's adopted daughters, Marjorie Caldwell, and her husband, Roger, as the prime suspects. The motive? Ooh. Money. Obviously. Greed. It's money, greed. It's as tale as old as time. Um, Marjorie, as old as was, there a, was there a lot of money left? Because the house was going to oh, the yes. museum oh, but there was still a ton of money left. There was still a ton of money left. So upon... Was she not going to get it? No, she was. She just wanted it sooner, you see. So yeah, Marjorie, you want it now. Marjorie was set to inherit $8 million upon her mother's death, and she and her husband were desperate for cash. Um, they had recently defaulted on multiple loans. They used mom for money frequently, and Elizabeth would give it to them. That's the thing. Like, she would give them these loans, and they would just promptly not pay them back, ask for more money, and Elizabeth would give it to them. But they just wanted all of this money completely like no strings attached and also marjorie diagnosed as a sociopath so you have that as well all right so they were just bad people so marjorie bad people did a murder marjorie was a very bad person and she convinced her husband roger to help out with this so anyway um three days before elizabeth's death marjorie wrote a note authorizing roger to receive two and a half million of this inheritance um it, which seemed a bit suspicious um, because, that does seem weird. Yeah. Be like, hey, when my mom dies, which like is not going to happen on Tuesday, Mm-mm. but when she does, you can have two and a half million of it. Exactly. That doesn't seem weird. That doesn't seem like a payment, maybe, for it murdering. It doesn't seem like hush money. To my murdering my mom. No, not at all. Um, investigators also found a fingerprint on the candlestick, which came back to Roger Caldwell. Um, that. Oh, that, that's pretty damning. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that coupled with other evidence discovered in Marjorie and Roger's possession, um, like the a big couple, note that says murder. The couple were arrested yeah. in July of nineteen seventy-seven. Like plans, it said how to kill mom. How to yeah. kill mom. <laughs> uh, it was one of those um, very little things. They tried to make it look like a robbery, but they did a really bad job of it. So they yeah. only took like costume jewelry. They didn't take anything of value, and of course, everything they took were found in their possession. A few, and they didn't like a take anything later. of value because they no. wanted to be able to legally inherit the things of value. Exactly. Yeah. And so they found all of that um, in their possession, which led to their arrest, I think, in July of 1977. Roger um, was tried first and convicted in 1978. Yeah, they got the fingerprint, man. Yep. Marjorie was up next. And you, if you believe it or not, she was acquitted. Um, people who, she's just a poor simple woman exactly yeah. um, people speculate it was due to her courtroom antics during the trial antics she, antics she would sit there while the trial was going on and would be knitting as she was that's like that's creepy as fuck no, so the, she'd be the knitting the 1800s equivalent of texting <laughs> no this is the this 1970s. is the 1970s whoops I wasn't super paying attention <laughs> That makes me feel real great, babe. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Um, Earlier, I thought it was the 50s and it was the 1800s. So we just don't. You know what? You both yeah, are not, paying neither attention. One of us, so that's fine. Neither one of us had it. Look, I'm not great with years. <laughs> I got caught up. Hey, fuck you. I, I learned from my mistake. Um. So anyway, she would sit behind the defense table during trial and just knit. And then one day she baked a cake and brought it for one of the lawyers. <laughs> she <laughs> she baked the cake baked in cake. the courtroom? She she busted out uh, a like, easy bake oven, called? easy bake oven, 
She baked, she baked individual cake. brownies for every member of the jury. It took forever because it heats with a light bulb. Yep. Uh, no, so she baked a cake, brought it into trial one day and like gave it to the lawyers as like this whole big song and dance production. And it swayed the uh, the jury. They're like, there's no way this sweet woman could possibly kill her mother. She has made a delicious blueberry crumble. She cannot be a murderer. She just can't be a murderer. Um, the Minnesota Supreme Court threw Your out... Honor, like that that look at my Minnesota. Look at my client sitting here knitting a scarf and also baking a cake at the same time. How could she possibly have committed these dastardly and dreadful crimes? She, like, takes the knitting needles and stabs the pie with it. <laughs> Pay no attention to the violent <laughs> impulses fine. of this woman, because remember, before that, she did, in fact, bake and make these this things. Cake. It's delicious. Um, so after, and then she poisons the whole courtroom and walks away. <laughs> so after um, Marjorie was acquitted, the Minnesota Supreme Court threw out Rogers' conviction based on evidence presented at Marjorie's trial. And there was also question marks, I think, about the fingerprint. Um, it he was granted a new trial, um, but instead of going through trial once more, he pled guilty. He confessed to the crime. He pled guilty and served five years. So basically, it was time served up until that point, and he got out of jail. Um, Roger. So, like, really not a lot of punishment no. for murder. Murdering two for people. two murders. No. Yep. One of whom got them nothing. Like, yes. that poor nurse was just murdered. Yeah, she was just murdered. Her family did sue the estate of the condoms. Oh, good. For funeral costs because they Get were all like. that fucking condom money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I saw the lawsuit. They sued for like 500 bucks. Just for the funeral costs. So I was like, oh my God. And it was um, it was like negligence and willful misconduct because I guess they like left the gates wide open every fucking night. The front door was just unlocked. There was no security system. And they're like, yeah. So because of that, my client, you know, like our family member was murdered. But instead of getting like any money, they were just like, but we just want 500 bucks, which is the most Minnesota thing to ever be Minnesota. I mean, please tell me they at least got it. I didn't see the result of that in the newspaper <laughs> they didn't articles even get the I saw. Bucks. I hope they got the five hundred bucks. Um, so anyway, uh, Roger unalived himself in 1988, and um, in his note, he declared his innocence. I didn't do it. Dead. But you said I didn't you do did it. it. Was that bitch I was married to? Yeah. Um, but he, I didn't do it. And poor Roger, uh, he died without seeing a single penny of the two and a half million that was promised oh, to no, him. Oh no! But he had a note. But he had a note. But because of all of his legal troubles, he did not see a single oh, penny of it. No, that's why you don't do a murder. It's true. Yep. Um, meanwhile, Marjorie, who is still alive, unless you're a sociopathic pie baker, then apparently you can do a murder. Uh, yes, but uh, Marjorie, her her tale goes on, and I might cover her in a Patreon because her life is a fucking mess, and I love it. <laughs> it's a bad person getting caught doing bad things, but um, yes, so she's still alive. This bitch is like 80-something years old. She's still alive, and she's as- She's got her inheritance, so she's wealthy. Uh, no shit. She's used, she's wasted all her money. Bingo. There we go. Delicious. Auto scratcher one wasted all her money. Yep. Um, so anyway, she is still alive and as recently as 2008, I think, got out of jail. So she's had a she's had an interesting life. I'll maybe talk about it in a Patreon. Um, okay. So because of this murder, this mansion's a little bit haunted. Um, but it's nothing special. It's like your basic, basic ghosty stuff. But the reason of the haunting, I thought, was pretty interesting. 
Yeah. Um, so one person, like I said, um, this house is open from the university um, for tours and stuff, but they do not talk about the murders at all. If you ask oh, about so the they, murder, like most people don't know this murder was even committed. Um, if you do know and you do ask your tour guide, they're like, I will talk to you. I will answer. I will not talk to you about it, but I will answer questions you might have at the end of the show. One on one. Like away from other people. Mm-hmm. So they don't do ghost tours or anything. Mm. I think they might do like every Halloween, they might do ghost tours and stuff, but they don't talk about the murder so they'll talk about the ghost ghost of this woman is here we don't know why yeah pretty much like oh i can't speculate as why but yeah they don't talk about the murders but they will talk about the ghosts interesting interesting um so anyway one person who was visiting during the winter said that she could hear kids laughing from somewhere in the house even though there were no children on the tour with her um and Ch- when, children love to giggle at a good murder i mean true. i think children we can all agree lo- at that Murder's hilarious yep. murder is very funny um and when she walked into the boiler room so she like separated herself seeing herself a little investigator she separated herself from the group like wandered into the boiler room and as she did that all the lights went out as oh, if shit. like the ghost was like you need you need to leave you need to leave the ghost is like go back to your fucking group yeah, yeah. Um, and the lights flickering and turning off is something that is known to happen on the main floors as well. Um, a lot of times lights will go off on their own. Lights will flicker. They blame this on the ghosts because clearly it's okay. not faulty electricity. Yeah. Um, a pregnant woman who was visiting was overcome with a dizzy feeling on top of the staircase where uh, Velma was murdered. She oh, no. uh, got like this dizzy feeling and then was like pushed to the ground. Oh shit! Wait, not to the bottom of the stairs. Not to, to the, the bottom ground. of the stairs. No, no, no. Okay. So, so thankfully, people saw this woman like go into distress, and so she was getting dizzy and wobbly, and so they caught her as she fell. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, she I said, was "Waiting for the story to be like this ghost murdered an unborn baby." Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, Velma, though, I think was just letting you know. Just letting you know, dangerous she, staircase. This is if dangerous. You see any, if you see any candlesticks around. Don't big... try and nap here. You'll die. You'll die. Yeah. So you need to leave. I'm going to make you dizzy. I'm going to make you fall. So you need to be on the ground low to the ground to escape. We're sure that this was not like a pregnancy related dizziness. Oh, absolutely not. Definitely ghost. No. Absolutely. Okay. 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 Ghost. Just making sure. Um, I've never there... been pregnant. What the fuck do I know? None of us have. No. <laughs> I don't know. Why. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it. Tight. Uh, yeah. Um, so other people have also seen shadow figures. Um, usually two women uh, one girl in the 80s um, felt as though she was being watched and so when she went outside to the garden she looked up at the window and saw a woman in a maid uniform uh, looking out the window at her they made eye contact and the uh, maid in the window disappeared oh was Um, Velma in a maid uniform I think she may have been in some form of maid uniform um, when when she died I don't know what she was wearing the less popular sequel to Made in Manhattan Made in Duluth Nobody saw it. No one saw it. No one saw that. Um, and nobody, then finally, no, nobody even laughed at the joke. It was so bad. <laughs> like, so, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, and finally, you know, people also report feeling chills. They goosebump out, bro. Um, when they enter sure. some of the rooms, like it'll be a very warm day. There's no reason for you to feel a chill, but people will feel a chill. Goosebump out, bro. Manifest yourself. Got it. Very Got classic it. ghosty. So yeah, classic yeah. So that's though. the that's very classic ghosty things. Um, and that is the story. Of the, the, the Glen Sheen Mansion in Duluth, Minnesota. I know I said I wasn't listening, but it's actually a pretty interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Come back. Friends. All right, great. Well, uh, hang out for a second. I'll yell at you. Come back and it's going to be it's going to be more spooky stories. As you've come to expect, 
from the Booze and Brews podcast. Ding. Hey, everybody, it's your old pal, Engineer Bob, and when I'm not sleeping on a staircase getting beaten to death, I'm on the Booze and Brews podcast. Hey, you should submit a review to iTunes about this show, because it's a great show, and you love it, and you owe it to us, you jerk. Also, if you don't owe us that, owe us this. Go to patreon.com slash boozeandbrews. We have audio episodes, video episodes, and show sketches that I do. It's great, and you can give us money for it, and we deserve your money. Also, social media websites. We got them. You got them. You should come talk to us. We're nice people. We got Instagram at Booze and Bruce Podcast. We got a Facebook at Booze and Bruce. And we have a Twitter at Booze and Bruce. All right, that's it. Back to the show. Two, three, go. Man, are we worth all that money. So much money we're worth. Hand over all your money to us right now. Please, Sometimes. because otherwise that's just like we're, we're robbing people. We're not robbing anybody. We're giving them this great content. Yeah, There's we no didn't robbery say give involved. us your money or we'll beat you to death on the stairs. Hey, let's let's sure. be clear right now that most of them are robbing us because here we are giving them this great show. And what are they giving us? Nothing. What do you think of that? We've just lost you, 19 people. That, well, they should your, have thought about because that. Because of your aggression. No. They, 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 you know what? They, we lost them because of their guilt because they realized I'm right. There you go. That's right. That's that, more they right. They left because That's more you're right. so right. Because, yep. yes. Yep. Look at that white man self like you know what I mean? The confidence yes. of a mediocre white man. Yeah. Feels good. Yeah, feels very good. <laughs> try try being of, me for a minute. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of mediocre white men, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you about Schmidt Brewery. Schmidt Brewery. <laughs> Schmidt Brewery. Which is apparently an iconic staple of St. Paul. Yep. Totally knew that. Yep. Yep. It's it's got a big beautiful it's got like a catwalk between two big brewery towers that says Schmidt on it in like almost like that Disneyland font. Yeah, like that old timey sort of like yeah, Germany yeah, yeah. It's font. It's like apparently a very iconic thing. They do German fest there. You guys should go. Ooh. Oh. Anyway, the brewery was first built in 1855. Oh, dang. A great and year for breweries. Great deal. And it was originally called Schmidt Brewing Cave Brewery. What? Oh my, oh my god. god. Because, because Minnesota has the beer caves. We Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it was built by a man named Christopher Solomon. Yeah, you would rather Christopher- go to the beer caves than the Schmidt caves. Yeah, I mean, for sure. <sighs> Smells a lot better. That's a good joke. S- so Christopher built this brewery, like I said, in 1855. It opened up. Um, and it was brewing beer for a brewery called Cave Brewery. They were like brewing for other people. Like oh. there was not a cave beer. Yeah. They were like contracted out to brew for other. That's what the brewery did for most of its life. Okay. Um. So by 1860, it was uh, it was making more beer than anyone else in the state of Minnesota. It was wow. the largest brewery. Good job. So when, when it was originally built, they were turning out about 1,200 uh, like barrels of beer a year. Okay. Okay. And by 1879, so 20 years, 25 years into their uh, existence, they had upped that to 25,000. Wow. Dang. Huge increase, which is why they were the largest in Minnesota at the time. Um, So Mr. Christopher Stallman, I assume these are all very correct pronunciations. Oh, Stallman is for sure. Very much so. Um, He unfortunately died of the tuba in um, 18... of the of the t- he got the coffee lungs. They yes. tried oh, no. the, maybe the maybe they tried the inside out lungs, the tuba. Yeah, 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 the tuba and he opened he opened his chest for the world. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and he died, died from the... I don't know from that, but let's assume. Yeah, probably. That seems like a um, safe assumption. But there are no worries, because he has three adult sons who all helped him run the... Three brewery. large adult sons? adult sons? Three large, yes. Average-sized dead adult sons who were all dead within the next seven years. Oh, oh, jeez. Oh, they were not yeah, healthy he, adult sons. No, like just all random mishaps, medical, like unfortunate things that happened. So all murdered. of his adult sons die. Oh, boy. And his grandkids are too young to take over the business. They don't understand Says it. Says you, a 12-year-old can do it. If they can work in a mine, they can run a brewery. I mean, it's at this point. If you point, can dodge a wrench, you can dodge, dodge a, a ball. ball. Yes. It's 1893. I think they would have put a 12-year-old in charge. I think we're talking more like four. Whatever. Okay. Babies with jobs. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this um, country needs more. To, babies with jobs. Yeah. The problem with America is the regulations. There's no babies in jobs. I know. Great I mean, were there women around who could have taken over? No. Maybe, no. But they can't be trusted. They, they have to make babies. Duh. Yes, They're too they emotional. Believe. So uh, what happened was the the eldest son's wife uh-huh. so now widow had remarried at okay. this point okay so her new husband takes over the brewery whoa all right yes. he was actually a he's a he's a businessman doing business okay good so he she had done yeah. he had done many successful businesses oh so he was actually like pretty well primed to come in and take over a business like this mm-hmm. uh except he sucked at it oh <laughs> he was a businessman who did business dot 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 did poorly poorly yeah he, did, he is a businessman who was great at business except for beer business yes. not good at that kind of business how is the beer business that i mean you're just you make, make beer and you sell it this man's name was frank uh nicoline i assume he again very accurate pronunciations oh, of giving these things yeah, absolutely um i is so uh, he was not good at beer businessing so within a couple of years uh it started to have real financial troubles and he was like fuck this i have other successful businesses i don't need my wife's old husband's shit oh he sounds like a real nice man so he so i think he was just like i'm not good at this off it goes yeah so he sold it um, oh, he first he renamed it. So he takes the Schmidt name, or he takes the Cave Brewery name yeah. away. Okay. He renames it St. Paul Brewing. Okay. Okay. Appropriate. Um, makes it fail. Then he sells it to Jacob Schmidt. Okay. Now we're at the uh, Schmidt. Who renames it Jacob Schmidt Brewing? And Jacob Schmidt was a uh, he was like a Bavarian immigrant. Oh, so let me guess, German immigrant. <laughs> yep. He'd been making beer in Minnesota for a real long time. He like worked for Ham's Brewery, sure. Mama's Brewery, which was a really big brewery, I guess, uh, in the St. Paul area. And he had opened a nice brewery called North Star. Which was right down the road. He uh, did an oopsie doodle, burned that one down. So then he bought this other brewery. You couldn't use the beer to put out the fire? I mean, there's no, because no, there's alcohol right there. in it. Can't do that. You Can't. burn the alcohol. Beer. Whatever. Was, North Star made flammable beer. Whatever. World's, yeah, that's what's on the label. Well, North Star, the world's most flammable beer. beer. Well, no, because isn't like in the 1800s, like the beer meant to be like had for Brecco. So it's like a 2% beer, if anything. You could probably put out a small fire. You probably could. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so right by, yeah, by 1900, right. I'll allow it. Thank you. Jacob Schmidt had purchased it, renamed it Schmidt Brewing Company, put up the Schmidt sign. Yep. The Schmidt it. Yes. Schmidt it. Brewing. 
Um, so he, uh, so after his first brewery burned down and he was buying the second brewery, uh, he like needed more capital. So he went into business with his son-in-law and his son-in-law's brother okay. who are the Bremers. Sure. So like the three of them are running the business together. So like uh, Jacob doesn't have any sons. So of course he can't teach women. So he teaches no. his son's husband and his brother yeah. the business so it can be passed on to men of with course. penises. Of course. Yes. The way yes. things should be. Out. So they redid the brewery and they redesigned it in a quote Romanesque style. A masculine style. Yes, a a a, a such a beautiful redo that the Minnesota Monthly called it quote architecturally arousing. Whoa. Oh. Boner. This is building. Build. Boner beer building. Ugh. Um, in 1909, there was a little bit of a legal scuffle because Jacob found some men illegally hunting pigeons behind his brewery, oh. and somehow they all ended up shot in the head. He didn't quite know how that happened. The police had questions, but they let him go. Of course, rich white man. <laughs> Look, the pigeons armed themselves. They wanted. They had the right to self-defense. The pigeons fought back. Yes, the pigeons armed themselves with tiny little wing guns, and they a fought back. A pleasure to see you, officer. Did you think perhaps for a moment that <laughs> these pigeons were very angry at being shot at mm -hmm. and simply fought back for once? In self-defense? Yeah. It's called self-defense, which I believe is still legal in this country. Mm. Yeah. Have a this good great evening. country I've immigrated to mm. and made millions of dollars. Yep. And I'm sure the St. Paul um, Police Department was like redone shortly thereafter and made very yeah. pretty. It was very, it was big like uh, rich white men don't go to jail energy yeah. in 1909. Nice. Okay. Uh, but don't worry. The pigeons did eventually fight back uh, in some way, shape, or form because in 1911, Jacob died. Oh, RIP. Oh. I don't know how, but so he pigeon, died. So pigeon murder. Pigeon murder. <laughs> pigeon murder. <laughs> he died He died of, uh, of bird flu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So then the Bremers take over. They were already primed to take over the business. They understood it. They mm -hmm. knew that this was going to happen. So they take over. They run it really successfully. Then the 1920s and Prohibition happens. That kind of puts a damper on your party. It didn't for Schmidt Brewing because Ooh, they, they never stopped making beer. They uh, kept the entirety, again, largest beer production in Minnesota at this point. They kept all of their production line going only making near beer so mm. making non-alcoholic beer yep they oh. for sure weren't uh, continuing to make real alcoholic beer no. and selling it under the table and up into canada no they for sure weren't doing illegal. that illegal and as we know the people who run schmidt brewing don't do anything illegal exactly not murder not yeah these making are not beer. the droids you're looking for no, famously law-abiding yeah famously law-abiding schmidt brewing yes. company so they kept going all through Prohibition. So then when Prohibition ends in 1933, they had a huge leg up on the competition because they were still a well-oiled machine. They mm -hmm. never stopped going. They had employees. They had supplies. I feel like they just start. They had never stopped selling real beer. Yeah. So they just started being able to sell it again. That's right. Um, so uh, because of this, they're like hugely successful. Then in uh, 1934, one of the Bremer's sons was kidnapped by the Barker Carpus gang. Oh, hell yeah. So fucking funny that like Ma Barker and her sons were out. Do they, were, they did a bunch of famous kidnappings at this time. Yeah. One of them was these Bremer boys from the Schmidt Brewing. Oh, I'm not familiar um, with these people. 
Oh, they were like contemporaries of like Dillinger's gang. Yeah. So this um, was the, you know, um, oh God, what the hell? Babyface Nelson. And yeah, boom. all of that. Like Doc Barker went to Alcatraz with Capone for a while. One of the Carpus boys like helped Charles Manson the first time he was in prison. Like the Barker Carpus gang is a great story. Mm-hmm. A lot of villainization of Mall Barker. Yeah. Because history doesn't like powerful women. So no. they made it really weird and said she was like fucking her kids. But I don't think I, I don't happened. think she was doing that. But fascinating story. If you care to if you care to click a Wikipedia hyperlink, the Barker Carpus gang. Fascinating. Yeah. So one of the people they in their kidnapping spree was one of these Bremer boys. They had just kidnapped the Hammamums son. Yeah. So the other big brewery family. Right. The Hammamums. Um, and they had gotten a hundred thousand dollars out of the hammamums, so they were like, "Well, this is a bigger brewery, so they asked for <laughs> twice as much money, and they got it." Nice, okay. What a deal! It's a great yeah. deal. And what they would do is they would kidnap them. They would uh, like they would keep their eyes covered, but they would like feed them. Like, cause yeah. Ma Barker was there, so they would like get home cooked meals. They took pretty good care of them. Yeah, and then they would just turn them over as soon as they got the money. That's all they wanted. Yeah, like wouldn't they take them to Illinois or something? Like they would take them to another state. No, they would take them to another state, but they they wouldn't take them into Illinois because Chicago and the mafia oh, okay. and they like got into trouble for like doing shit on the mafia's turf. Oh, okay, because you couldn't bring shit into Illinois. No. Um. But but so yeah. So they made two hundred thousand dollars off of uh, the Bremer family, which I did the up conversion. It's just over four million bucks. Dang. Pretty good. So it was a decent amount of money. Yeah. That the, this family just turned over. We're like, give us our kid back, and they did. Yeah. I Look, keep that's how kid. business should be done. Man, at this point, but like still, but that's how business should be done. Very simple yes, transaction. Exactly. That's how kidnapping should work. <laughs> yes. Um, then no, because you know what we got to get the government out of kidnapping. I think that's what yeah. we're saying here. Speaking of getting the government into things, because all rich white men know each other, um, they were good family friends with the Roosevelts. Heard oh, of them? Oh, uh, yeah, so I've heard of then, a couple of them. So then, through the 30s and 40s, uh, they got the uh, military contract to make beer for the troops. Oh wow! Nice. So if you had a beer in World War One, it was probably a Schmidt Brewery beer. Nice. Um, so then, in um, the 1950s, they, like the original Bremer brothers died. Their sons were taking over. They like just didn't have the heart in the brewery the way that they once did. They didn't care about it as much. Um, and also in the 1950s, Minnesota specifically, but like huge parts of uh, America was going through what Wikipedia calls the Great Shakedown. Oh. Um, which is when a bunch of these huge conglomerate breweries bought up all these smaller local Oh, like where breweries. like Anheuser-Busch or Miller comes in and yes, they like buy pretty everything. much. Yeah. So like even though they're one of, they're at this point, I think the second or third biggest brewery in Minnesota, they're still, they can't compete. Oh with yeah, they're small fish. Huge. Yeah. 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 So they get, and, and like, it was something like 80% of all local breweries were purchased during this time. Shit. So they were one of these breweries. They got swooped up by a bigger company and they became the Pfeiffer Brewing Company and Associates. Oh, okay. Hmm. Like Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, okay. Is there any relation? Um, I, hope I have so. no idea. Oh, okay. I'm going to say yes. I just thought I'd it's ask. Just you never know. Pfeiffer is such Pfeiffer an uncommon like name, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, uh, that didn't go super well for them uh, because in 1972, they went bankrupt. Yeah, I was like, I have never heard of Pfeiffer before. So, Well, I think the problem is they bought a bunch of these local breweries. The local breweries were all older, so they had older equipment. This brewery is from 1855. It's 100 yeah. years old at this point. Right. Um, so they went bankrupt and then they were sold to G Heilman in like bankruptcy court. And then it becomes Heilman's Brewing, which is a big brewery, I guess, in the Minnesota area. Still is, I guess. Sure. Um, and then they were like, like, uh, what do you call it? Like a corporate takeover? Like a. Oh, uh, hostile takeover? Hostile takeover. Yeah, hostile takeover. This weird Australian upstart businessman. Uh, hostilely took them over in 1987 the most 80s thing to do for real this is like pretty woman kind of shit oh my god it's the fucking best so this australian named alan bond who made his fortune in junk bonds oh my god this is yes Um, his name is uh patrick what's the guy in american psycho oh patrick bateman patrick bateman Uh, so yeah, so he he bought a, he made this part of his empire. But the hey, junk bonds is is a is a castle you've built on sand. Didn't yes. work out for him. Yeah, no. So when the bottom crumbled and he lost everything in 1990, including the brewery, and the brewery shuts its doors and stops making beer for the first time since 1855. Wow! Because wow. of this stupid Australian man, you dumb man. Hell, I won't get it. In a 1980s greed is good move. Mm-hmm shut down this brewery uh man for the very first time it was then quickly repurchased uh in 1991 it was bought by minnesota brewing company okay um who used it to make their beer as well as they like some of the smaller older production lines they would uh rent out to other smaller breweries they were the first ones to make craft beer yeah in the state of minnesota that's cool so they were letting other people use their facilities to make craft beer mm-hmm they made Pig Eye Pilsner, which apparently was like a very popular beer for sure. a long time. Sure. Um, and at this point, this brewing facility's output, you'll remember when this was first built, 1,200 barrels a year. Mm-hmm. Now they're at 1.2 million, million barrels shit. a year. Automation. Yep. So, but they had some trouble through the, uh, through the early aughts because they were kind of too big for their local market. They were too big for just Minnesota, but they weren't big enough to distribute nationwide. Mm. So they went bankrupt um, and they shut down for good in 2002. Okay. Uh, then they were like for a really small amount of time, they were taken over by an ethanol company. Oh. Who, who like used the, because it's the same basic process. Yeah. But the whole neighborhood was like, fuck this shit, it's noisy and smells bad. And the... Government was like, but it's always been noisy and smelled bad. And they were like, yeah, but it used to be beer and now it's not. So shut this shit down. Yeah, I, I've gotten used to the smell of beer being made, not yeah. ethanol. I'm not willing to suffer for ethanol. Shut this shit down. Yeah. So they shut it down. Uh, it didn't open back up as another brewery. In 2012, it was converted into artist lofts. So now it's like low income housing for artists and like a whole artist space. Cool. And part of it. Has turned into a beer cafe called the Keg and Case. Yes, nice. So you could get you guys could go there and have a beer on the outdoor patio. I've learned today is dog friendly. (gasps) So you see puppies and have some beer when it stops being ten feet of snow. This is a selling point. Yeah, because the dogs here are amazing. Yes. Also, it's haunted. 
Yeah. Everybody fucking wins today. This is yeah. incredible. Everybody wins. So they think that the ghosts are tied to these four workmen. These are the stories that they pulled to be like, these are the ghosts. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this all adds up, but they think it's tied to these four men who died fairly horrifically whilst working in the brewery over the years. Okay. Okay. So we know for a fact that these four men did in fact work in the brewery and did in fact die horribly. Okay. So in 1896, two men died in an explosion. Oh, geez. In inside one of the brewing rooms. That's the way yeah. to go. Um, in 1902, someone fell down an unmarked elevator shaft. Oh my gosh. Because that kind of thing happened in 1902, I guess. There was and no in the OSHA. Worst one yet. In 1904, the gentleman whose job it was to light all the gas lights within oh the brewery, because uh. they didn't have electricity in the brewery at this point, uh-huh. he somehow spilled all of his lamp oil all over himself, lit himself on fire. Did that kill him? No. He died because he, quote, inhaled too many flames. Oh. Too many. Just As too if many. there was an amount of flames but he could have inhaled. One, you could do one. If only maybe. you had inhaled a few less flames. If only he hadn't inhaled so many flames, he would have just burned to death. It's like yours. Like if she hadn't had a heart attack, she would have just she suffocated. She would have suffocated. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So they think the ghosts are these four different men who've died horrifically yeah. on the grounds. Um, the most common ghost sighting is... Is of a heavy set man in a white t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> who shows up a lot of the times in the background of tourist photos. So oh. like you'll go on a brewery tour or you'll be at the cafe and you'll be like, what's this weird like dude in an old fashioned white shirt? shirt doing in the corner gross fat and man in a white beater just carl batonin on a Lewski from fucking aqua teen yeah it's just some it's random which is like so midwestern to me just like a fat middle-aged white man in a t-shirt yeah just in the corner hanging out at the brewery yeah yeah hey yes the fuck are you doing in here <laughs> all right enjoy your tour don't inhale too many flames. Hey, not too many. If something catches on fire, don't breathe the flames in. That's how I Let's ate breathe it. Breathe out, not, not in. Yeah. If you catch yourself on fire, you can't put yourself out by inhaling the yeah. flames. No. Like you're like, I'm gonna blow these flames out, but if you suck them in, that's the wrong thing to do. Take also, it from me. <laughs> every time you open a door, make sure it's not an elevator shaft. Yep. <laughs> Look both ways before stepping. Yes. Um, the second most common ghost sighting is not a sighting. It's lots of people will just be around and they'll hear a female voice very clearly as if she's right behind them. Just say, hello. Oh, that's creepy. I thought you were going to say people will just be aroused by Uh the architecture. (laughs) (laughs) It is architecturally arousing. Yes. Uh, No, people just hear this female voice. They have no idea who this woman is. They, none of the ghosts are mean ghosts here. All of them are just hanging out ghosts. So they're Mm. like, we don't know why she's here, but she's this woman welcoming people to this, this beer cafe. Great. Um, and then I was able to find some like first person. There's just a really short employee. That's it. And like everybody blames (laughs) it on a ghost. Yeah. Just one really friendly child. Yeah. Yeah. a bunch of people out one summer and the story lives on. Yes. Um, I was able to find first hand accounts from people who live in those artist lofts. So who live in the old converted brewery space. Um, and they're like, yeah, the overall consensus is like, yeah, shit's definitely haunted. Like, 
all the classic ghostiness, cold spots, lights turning off and on, electronics go weird sometimes. Mm -hmm. There was one guy who told this whole story about how he had like installed a punching bag in one corner of his um, loft. Mm -hmm. And he said he would get really cold and then all of a sudden the punching bag would just start aggressively swaying from side to side. As if someone was using Using it. it. They got real excited. They're like, dude, I've been wanting one of these. Hell yeah, for years. And then, um, so he, uh, lots of animal stories too. So he also had a cat Mm -hmm. and he said his cat would like, um, would get really angry at one corner and like hiss at him, would like hiss at him if he was like sitting in that corner. Oh. And he was like, that's so weird. And then one day uh, his cat was like hissing at the corner and he looked over and there was like a big shadowy black mass in that corner. Oh, shit. That's spooky. That like went into the wall, but it was like, oh no, that cat has been warning me like there's the ghost in that corner. Oh, man. Then there was another woman who also has a cat story. And she uh, says that she in the closet, there is a light in the closet. It's motion censored and that it, hers is covered by her clothing mostly. So she has to like shake the hangers to get the light to come on. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but sometimes in the middle of the night, my cat will like wake up so startled, wake up that it like wakes me up and will stare at the closet. And then within like a minute or two, the light in the closet will pop on. No. And she said, sometimes I'll hear the hangers as if someone's moving the hangers because the light doesn't turn on if someone's just there. You have to move the hangers. And she's like, the cat would always know when there was someone in that closet. Oh, God. So they would know before the light came on. But my favorite story came from this worker who was living in the lofts, uh, had been off being an artist all day long, had come home very late in the day, like two, three in the morning on like a Tuesday. Mm Mm-hmm. And they just had a really fucking shitty day. Just a shit ass day. And they were like, I'm going to walk this off. So they decided to just take a little walk around the grounds to like calm down before they went home Mm -hmm. to like turn in for the night. So he was walking around the empty grounds at like two in the morning and just out loud to him or her or their self just says like, man, it's a fucking shitty day. Just like says this out loud to themselves. And then right over their shoulder, a friendly male voice said, well, have a beer. Ah! <laughs> that is wonderful. So they went back and had a beer and felt better. Oh, good. He took the advice. So that, so that is the story of Schmidt Brewery. Oh, I love it. Which is still there. Like I said, now it is like an artist space and a cafe. Mm-hmm. You can go. They just recently re-put up that Schmidt iconic lighting. It's apparently very fun. Very you guys fun. should go check it out once it's not so wintry. Let us know if any friendly ghosts say anything to you. We will do that. We will do that. Great. Well, well, that brings us to this beer that I'm drinking. Yes. Um, Only you are drinking. I had some. Um, I I think it's really good. I'm I'm a little shocked that you were uh, aggressively against it. It's not that. uh, It's not that that aggressive. No, no, no. Uh. So the fact is, so like I said earlier, this is the Hop Dish IPA from Lift Bridge. Um, It is uh, an IPA and it says a potluck of seven hop varieties. You would think with seven types of hops, it'd be more aggressive. Um, but it's really it's not. Really it's, it's not surprisingly mild. Hoppy. Well, yeah. what, is, what is the ABV on this on this beast? Yes. Do you know? Does it say? Does it no. smell hoppier it than say. it tastes? Is it one of those? Um, it's not aggressively dry no. hopped either. Mm-hmm. It's it's just very. It's like very pleasant. Oh, I, I don't. Like I don't really know how to. IPA. Yeah. It's not. It's not like a. It's not like a pine tree. No. Kicked you in the mouth. Not at all. It's not overly 
floral or citrusy or anything Mm-mm. it's just sort of like it's a like nice, a decent blend it's of like a nice beer that's sort of like goes, citrus it's yeah it goes down pretty smooth and it's good like i just i just kind of like it yeah oh that's um, nice it's a good good ipa good yeah easy it's, it's, IPA. Real, it's real pleasant um that's the best way to just it's like the most pleasant ipa i think we've had yes in a while in a while yeah it's good i like it mm. anyway this is a part of the show where i get to pick a winner hey guess what i love i love i love a good schmidt cave Get it? Uh, you know what else I love? I love. Get it? Uh, I love a regular sized dead woman. The show on C- CBS because um, yeah. I don't want them to be too big. Nope. Uh, you know what else I love? I love masculine architecture that that leaves arouses you, you that leaves you yeah. aroused. Yeah, aroused. Mm. You know what else I love? Bird murder. Fuck birds. <laughs> but if there's one Fuck thing them. I love more than anything, it's piggy poop balls. Melissa wins. What? <laughs> God damn You know it. what? Nothing beats picky poop balls. <laughs> no, no, everything beats it. That's nothing, just awful. Literally nothing beats picky poop balls. <laughs> if you if you were not aware of what that was and have some point in this show Googled it, Bob apologizes. It's Mm-mm. all his fault. He did it to me too. Bob um, doesn't apologize for a goddamn thing. Every time I doesn't. look at that picture, I laugh hysterically. And if it you is... don't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that there's See, no joy in your life. Right now. Take it. Take it and come back next week. Oh, God. There will be booze. <laughs> and there'll be Bruce. Until and then. Until then. Cheers. cheers. God damn Don't it. Don't shit on your balls, guys. <laughs> ah!